Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JWB Redraft Ramp Up, JWB's home to help you crush all your redraft competition. Tyler and I have something a little different cooked up for you in this one. But first off, Tyler, how are you recovering from the weekend that was the Fantasy Football Expo 2023? Slowly but surely, man. I uh, abused the body at 34 years old. I don't bounce back like I used to. And then I was smart <laughs> and I took today off um to recover but naturally the we had a storm and the power went out at my kids daycare so i was on daddy duty uh not recovering all day so <laughs> i'm I'm doing all right but i'm excited to get get cracking on this thing man yeah so this thing here is a 350 dollar buy-in fantasy pros championship on ffpc i'll run through a bit more about the format here there's 20,004 maximum entries. Uh, grand prize is $1 million to first place, which is what we're hoping to bring home with this draft for you here. Regular season is weeks 1 through 12. Then there's league playoffs 13 and 14. And then the championship rounds are 15 through 17. It's a 1QB, 2RB, 2 wide receiver, 1 tight end, 2 flex, 1 kicker, 1 defense with 10 bench spots. So pretty deep overall. Pretty standard stuff for passing touchdowns, PPR. There is a tight end premium, extra 0.5 per reception for the tight ends. If you've been drafting on underdog, it's a little bit different than that. Obviously, on underdog, you're half PPR. You don't have the tight end premium. It's three wide receivers and one flex over there. If you haven't been drafting on underdog, you should probably go ahead and do that and use code JWB for a first-time deposit match up to $100. We're about a minute and a half out from this particular draft that we're about to get into here. And we pulled the 101, Tyler. Um, I don't go, know Nate. what Let's it go. is. but You pulled the 101. You pulled the 101, dude. That's you right. Up. You got it. I'm just here to support. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into a 101. We should have, obviously, a little bit more time to set up between picks. I like, obviously, having the 101. Uh, guarantees you that Justin Jefferson, which we're both in agreement on at the 101. But I'm not so sure about the 2-3 turn. There have been some times, at least in my underdog drafts, where the 2-3 turn ends up being a little dicey. If the quarterbacks fall to there, sometimes I don't feel great about grabbing a quarterback that early. I don't know if you've had many 101s this year, Tyler, or how that's felt to you, but I always feel super stoked to get the 101, and then the 2-3 turn rolls around, and I'm like, huh, I'm not really sure what I want to go with here. But um, yeah, I don't know how that's been for you, but that's been my take so far. Yeah, it, it, it's a little tough, um, because at least on underdog, you can usually get Mark Andrews to fall to that that turn right there, and you could probably stack him with Lamar, but... Andrews is not going to fall in the tight end premium league. So like just sure. looking at the FFPC ADP, it's basically like you hope a lot of air Devontae Smith's fall. You can take Mahomes or Hertz. Jonathan Taylor's there now. But then it's like T Higgins or Mondre Stevenson, TJ Hawkinson. Like none of it feels necessarily great. So and I was one thing I wanted to also mention is you have to draft a kicker in a defense. There's no um avoiding that so i wanted to mention that as well I, i'm a big proponent True. of uh not taking a defense or kicker if you don't have to taking um a different player uh running back probably and then just picking them up the day before the season starts but here you have to do that but it looks like you made the pick i've made the pick we could throw the draft board up there 
for the people to see, but we've made the first pick here. It is Justin Jefferson, as we alluded to. And yeah, I just, I can't get away from it. Um, you could make an argument, I guess, for Kelsey in this format. He is the second player by ADP with the tight end premium, but Jefferson just feels so safe and so strong. Um, I just can't get away from it. I, I know you feel similarly, Tyler, but would Kelsey actually be your second pick here, or would you go to Chase, who would be the second pick in most underdog drafts? I would probably go with Jamar Chase. Um, just want to lock those two guys up, both guys. You know, I'm not saying they're going to get 2,000 yards, but they're absolutely you know in the range of outcomes for them. But Kel- the, the board is exactly what I would go with. We went Jeff- Jefferson to Jamar Chase to Travis Kelsey. Um, so I think it's pretty chalky for these, through, through these first three picks, and then CMC goes four. I think so far we're riding the chalk. Yeah, for sure. We do expect, uh, we have actually done one of these drafts before. We did it, I think, the end of June, somewhere in there. We did another one together, and it was pretty sharp. We anticipate that this will be very similar. We don't really anticipate anything different in a draft uh, where it's $350 to buy in, Um, but we are anticipating a pretty sharp draft overall. That is a bit of a reach, at least by ADP. I don't know how you feel about Bijan this year, but for me, that's a little rich with names like Eckler and Cup still on the board. It is. Tyreek Hill went five, folks. Um, you know, off the board, J. Jeff, Chase, Kelsey, CMC, Hill. I mean, those are top five pretty clear. Um, to me, that's Cup at six. I feel really good about that. I know there's injury concerns, but the upside is undeniable. To go Bijan at six, I think, is, is a little risky. I think he's more of a back-end first for me. Um, I actually haven't had the stones to, to hit draft on Bijan yet in any of my like actual redrafts I only had a couple so it's not like I've been smashing redraft so far but six redraft I think is going to be um you know Bijan six and redraft I think is going to be pretty crazy for me to see there but we'll see how the rest of it goes I mean like, getting cup at seven or Eckler at seven or eight has got to feel pretty damn good for these folks yeah for sure if uh if this person makes their pick it looks like they're getting close to the timeout now last time we actually had this too tyler and they did pause the draft they have a live commissioner it looks like the pick was made so we do get austin eckler off there at the 107 which would be the next player by adp cooper cup goes 108 that feels good 108 is probably dancing a little bit right there in my opinion for sure. We did get Cup. Uh, I believe we were out of the 107. Was yep. it 106 or 107? Yeah. Yep. In our draft. So we did go Cup at 107. So, yeah, obviously they get a little bit of value there. Diggs goes 109. Amon Ross St. Brown goes 110. I think that's a little bit rich for some people, but I'm pretty sure I'm you're a little it. bit higher on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with it. It's just, the I think, the projectable volume with Amon Ross St. Brown. No matter how you think of Jamison Williams out for the first six weeks, Laporta's a rookie. Um, there's just, you know, eight to 10 targets a game for Amon Ra and a pretty elite offense. Um, you know, as a Lions fan, I don't necessarily like, I, I'm the last person to call the Lions elite, but what they did last year, we have to start talking about the Lions offense being elite, at least in terms of, you know, fantasy terms. I mean, they are in real life considering what they do, but, um, it's yeah, Amon Ra. I think, what does that put him at the, I think it's a range right there. It's a tier that kind of opens up and Amon Ra's at the top sure. of it for me. Nick Chubb goes at the 112. We'll see who Ducks Dynasty takes at the 201 here to make this turn. We're seeing Nick Chubb there a lot, man. I'm feeling like we, we've been seeing that on the underdog. Nick Chubb has been creeping up the boards. He's been getting steamed. You know, I, I think I am, uh, I would probably go Saquon Barkley now that he's like confirmed going to play just because I think there's a lot more pass work there mm-hmm. for Saquon Barkley. But um, I certainly don't fault people for going 
Nick Chubb over Barkley, but they're pretty interchangeable for me. They do pair that with an A.J. Brown going running back and wide receiver at the turn. I don't mind that. I do think I agree in general on Chubb that I would take Barkley, especially in a PPR format. Uh, you're projecting maybe that Chubb gets a little bit more of the passing work uh, with Kareem Hunt out of town, but you are making some sort of projection there, whereas with Barkley, I feel pretty confident that that's his role from the start. Yep. A big big slot got C.D. Lamb and Devonta Adams, which I think is great for the name there. Big slot. <laughs> that is it. pretty good. <laughs> you love to see it for big slot. And there goes Andrews, man. There goes Andrews 204. Yep. Andrews 204. In this format, I don't think that's too crazy. It's maybe a little rich. There might be a player or two that I'd take ahead of that, but I don't think it's uh, it's totally crazy in this format. Yeah, not, and Garrett Wilson goes. I'm not expecting a lot of value to fall. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not sure I'm ready to pull the trigger on Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, I think, at one of these two picks. Um, but I could be talked otherwise, because otherwise we're doing T. Higgins or Jonathan Taylor. Um, I mean, might as well start talking about Pollard goes. I mean, this. let's not expect anyone to fall, bud. Let's not expect anyone yeah. to fall. <laughs> it's pretty hard to expect anyone to fall in this format. Yeah, I do think that Taylor and Higgins, if you're not going quarterback, will be the ones that would be there by chalk unless someone else falls. And... Frankly, I'm pretty okay with that, especially considering who else is there, at least by ADP. Stevenson, Hawkinson, Gibbs would be the next non-quarterbacks by ADP um, if it does go chalk, which we do kind of expect to this point. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody who kind of creeps up into that range for you, uh, but that would probably be uh, pretty pretty set for me uh, at this point. Yep, I mean, I, I, it's like when I take Higgins and and John, and Jonathan Taylor at this two three turn. Let's just say we do. I'm not excited about it, but I feel you know I don't think they're going to necessarily exceed expectations there, but I expect them to be pretty solid players for us throughout. Um, we saw Waddle just go at the two seven. Um, expected Henry Alave and Devontae Smith to go with these next three picks. So that should be fun. Any thoughts on, so where are you at with Jameer Gibbs? So like, I, I want to chat through him real quick because he's been slowly creeping up just a little bit for me. I actually just moved him ahead of Brees in my redraft rankings with the Dalvin signing. Not, not a ton of impact. I'm still well ahead of market on Brees. I want to be ahead of market on Brees. I want to get a lot of Brees on my teams, but I think there's just this, this upside case for, for Jameer Gibbs for me where I, I think about him and um you know it's it's tough for me to not see like a you know Kamar or CMC season there just with like the draft capital they invested um I think there's like a little bit of pause because we saw how they played Swift and it was pretty sparingly but at the same time you know it, it, is there a world when he gets you know 80 catches like 75 catches like I think there is so curious on what your thought on Gibbs are like it definitely is a bit of a reach here at the turn but he's in consideration I would say yeah, especially in the PPR format, I think you can definitely get there. To me, him versus somebody like Jonathan Taylor is really just a question about uh, are you worried about Jonathan Taylor's current situation? If you're not worried about Taylor's situation, we've seen the the upper end outcome for Taylor already, and I'm not so scared off um, by the um, by the potential of somebody. Uh, like Anthony Richardson coming in as the quarterback there, that it really hampers Taylor so much. Uh, so we do get a, a fairly chalk run out here. We do have Taylor up. T. Higgins goes right in front of us. Um, what are we thinking here? I think Taylor, I, I might think, lock in. Yeah, I'm pretty, let's give it, a, let's, let's milk our clock here. 
those milk are clogged. I'm cool taking Jonathan Taylor here, absolutely. Um, we're taking him as the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth running back off the board. Currently believe that he is my eighth running back. Um, so he's a guy that I, I'll, I'll just click his name now and then we can actually get in a conversation here because this is where things, in my opinion, get a little bit interesting. Your thoughts here as we start the third round. Yeah, I do think that Gibbs is in consideration. If we don't want to go with the quarterback, um, I really don't think that it's that crazy to think that Gibbs can pull that kind of value, especially in a format like this with PPR. I don't want to reach on a wide receiver here. I'm not so enamored with TJ Hawkinson's situation uh, that we really need to go that route, even though his ADP is up in this range. It's really, for me, between Jalen Hurts and Jameer Gibbs here. Um, Jalen Hurts, we actually already have on that other team. We got him at a bit of a uh, discount, really, I would say, getting him at the middle 307. Of the yeah. yeah, middle of the third, 307, I think, in that in that draft. So I think, for me, this would probably end up being Gibbs. Yep, I'm okay with Gibbs here. Let's let's shoot for the moon here. Um, I, I also like, you know, is this what I take Jameer Gibbs here in my 12-team home league redraft? I really don't think so. But I think, again, we're talking about a uh, 20,000-person tournament trying to win a million bucks, shooting for the upside here where he's going to catch a hell of a lot of passes. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those, like, I do think there there is some consideration. There's some waffling. Uh, it's one of those spots where, you, like you said a little bit before, you don't necessarily feel terrific about the value uh, there. But, um, yeah, if you're thinking about this in terms of the format, in terms of the tournament format, then I really do think that you have to evaluate who can bring home the million dollars for you? And Jameer Gibbs absolutely has that in range, in his range of outcomes, especially if you believe that training camp uh, video where he was lined up against the linebacker and just absolutely dusted him to yeah, the Yeah, I think it was Alex Anzalone, which I think a lot of running backs would absolutely dust. He's an absolute liability in coverage. But, um, <laughs> and I also think the other piece of it is like, I think people are like, oh, like they didn't really use Swift. Well, that, they didn't draft Swift. That Those folks, that, that administration didn't draft Swift. And not only did they draft Gibbs, they took Jameer Gibbs is was a top 18 top 15 pick um mm -hmm. it'd be silly to, to not use him a lot so I'm cool with it Mahomes goes after Gibbs and then we got a little bit of a tight end run here Waller who I think is a little bit of a reach here at the 303 um followed by Hawkinson which I think Hawkinson is a fine pick at the 304 not for me but um again it's a tight end premium league folks so we're gonna be seeing tight ends uh flying off the board pretty early um your thoughts on these three that that followed yeah, I think Mahomes is Mahomes, right? Um, you lock down an elite quarterback, he's going to be elite unless, you know, there's some act of God that prevents it. Um, so I'm not, I'm never going to fault someone for taking Mahomes in the early third. You really can't. Darren Waller, definitely the ADP here is 42. So into the fourth round, and he's taken here in the early third at 303. That is a bit of a reach uh, by a, about a round. Uh, but Again, if your strategy in these drafts is to get one of those early tight ends and Darren Waller is your third guy over TJ Hawkinson, over George Kittle, over Kyle Pitts, then it's really hard to fault someone for, in a format like this, kind of laying it on the line uh, for a guy that they really believe in. Waller, talk about projectable volume, right? We don't know who any of the wide receivers really might be that might catch the most passes you know, over there in New York. But we know Waller was brought in to do one job, and that's to catch a ton of passes from Daniel Jones this year. 
Following that, we have Jalen Hurts at 3-5. We considered him at 3-1. Very fine place. Like we said, we got him around that range last time. I think if I was sitting at 3-0-5 in the same situation, Hurts would be an easy pick for me. And then it goes Keenan Allen to Calvin Ridley. Uh, wide receiver 15 and 16, I think, are pretty interesting picks here. Um, you know, I, I think that's about the range that I have these guys. I have a couple guys that I have in front of them, but certainly can't fault anyone. Um, Keenan Allen obviously getting a bit older, but... We're pretty bullish on the Chargers offense this year, but Calvin Ridley, I think, is a real interesting one, Nate, because we've seen the upside. We know he, he can be a top five, top eight receiver, but it's been a couple seasons since we've seen it, um, but we know it's also a good offense. Probably a little rich for my blood at wide receiver 16 for Ridley, but if you want Ridley, this is about where you have to take him. Yeah, it is rich for me as well. Um, it, it's just so hard to believe in someone coming back after basically two years uh, nearly off the game. And to come back at uh, in your late 20s and expect that he'll seamlessly blend into a new offense and be that guy once again, it's just a little bit too rich for me. If if Ridley was falling into the, like the fifth round, uh, then I'm believing a little bit more in that upside case at that kind of price. Uh, in the third round where there's guys uh, like DK Metcalf, like Debo Samuel, like Amari Cooper still available that I'm really much more confident in in the third round it's he has to hit right like he has to hit and hit in a big way for it not to be uh, a problem for your team overall it's really just the case of the floor being there for me in a draft like this but again it's hard to fault a lot of picks in a tournament setting like this they're swinging for the fences with Ridley and maybe he returns to that kind of top 10 top five wide receiver that he once was Yep, and then following that, we have uh, Kyle Pitts to Josh Allen to George Kittle. This is about where I expected Josh Allen to go. It's a big three. I think you can make a case for a four, but seeing Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen go in the third round makes a lot of sense. Um, Pitts, you know, the case is there. Kittle, um, probably a little bit of a reach at the 310. We are seeing, in my opinion, Kittle, Pitts, Wall were all three reaches uh, here in the third round um, from what we've seen in ADP and what we see in our ranks. I know it's tight end premium, but it's just not where I'm taking them, so... Um, with those three being taken, I think a little bit above where I wanted. Hopefully a little value comes back around and Debo just goes, which I think is uh, one of my last remaining wide receivers. We see, we've seen a Metcalf slide here, which you know, he's not going to come to us, but just want to name that, that I think Metcalf is sliding a bit here as he might find his way out of the third round. Yeah, definitely Metcalf would be the slider as a result of all these tight end picks. Uh, it'll be really curious uh, in my mind to see where the next tier of tight ends uh, really starts to come off. And actually, it's kind of interesting on FFPC, Dallas Goddard is closer to Kyle Pitts than he is to basically anybody else, like the Evan Ingrams, Pat Fryermoose, David Njokus, which would maybe comprise the next tier, at least by ADP here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where Goddard comes off relative to those guys, and if those guys uh, also kind of get steamed up in this format to a place where maybe we wouldn't be too comfortable taking them. Uh, I, just in general, what do you think your thoughts are on tight end uh, for our team? Obviously, we'll have to see how it falls when it comes around to us, but are you feeling comfortable complete with a complete fade of tight end? Are you still hoping to get into a Friermuth, Engram, someone in that range? Uh, what's your thoughts overall? Depends where they slide. Um, you know, it'd be great to get a Goddard. Uh, Fryermuth Ingram, but I, like, I'd rather wait until like, you know, seventh round probably for some of those guys. Um, you know, I'm also pretty comfortable with like the Higby, Schultz, Gerald Everett, Laporta, Kincaid, Dulcich kind of range as well. Obviously, we want to kind of grab two of those names if we get there, but I, I'm absolutely in a spot where 
Um, I'll wait. I'll wait. I, there's a big tier after this kind of like mid tier goes. And I, I, I'm at this point where I'm like, the elite guys are off the board. I don't want to reach. So mm-hmm. I'll kind of just play the, the, the waiting game here, play a little tight end chicken, which I'm pretty comfortable with doing at this point in time as I got some tight ends that I'm personally a little higher on than consensus that, um, you know, I feel pretty comfortable with leaving like two of those names. So for sure. After Debo at the 311, we do get DK Metcalf. His slide stops at the 312. Amari Cooper, 401. Ramondre Stevenson, 402. And Jerry Judy, 403. I want to talk a little bit about Ramondre. Obviously, some news coming out of the Patriot camp where they signed Zeke Elliott. How are you viewing this change um, there? Obviously, Ramondre, his ADP here was 28.5. He does slide to the 402. Um, not a huge slide in the grand scheme of things uh, from about the 304 to the 402, but it is a slide nonetheless. So clearly some Zeke, um, some yes. respect, I guess, for Zeke and his potential role with the Patriots and what that might mean for Ramondre's role uh, is being baked in here by this room. What's your thoughts, Tyler? Would you take Ramondre at this spot or would you um, even take him even higher? Is Zeke much of a worry or a uh, problem for Ramondre's upside. So I've been, I'm a bit lower on Ramondre than, than the consensus in general. I have him more of a high-end RB2. Don't think there's going to be the same kind of passing volume. I don't think that Patri- Patriots want to do that again this year. But, I mean, the Zeke sign had to be best-case scenario for those Ramondre fans out there. He goes as the RB9. I would consider him in this range. Um, absolutely. I think there's a world where, um, you know, we look at it now, it's like uh, if a guy like Fournette were to come in there, or even like Dalvin, like they're going to probably take some pass work. I don't think that Zeke's much of a threat for that. You know, I'm not a huge fan of what the Patriots are going to put on like on the field as an offensive unit in the first place. But I do, um, you know, I think like now that Zeke has signed, it'll probably push Ramondre down more so to like where I had him ranked in the first place. Um, with Zeke signing, it doesn't really move Ramondre any lower for me. I, I will say that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I pretty much fall in line. Um, Regardless of who it was going to be, I did always kind of think that Ramondre wasn't going to be a full workhorse uh, the way he was through parts of last season. And yeah, regardless of who that extra back was going to be, I did always kind of think that there would be somebody there. So I wasn't too in on Ramondre at the kind of steamed up prices we were seeing. After Jerry Judy at the 403, we get Josh Jacobs, 404, DJ Moore, 405, Lamar Jackson, 406, and Christian Watson, 407. Uh, any of those picks stand out to you, Tyler? Yeah, DJ Moore is a bit egregious there. I'm not in on him at all this year. It's, it's, I have like no joke, like seven or eight wide receivers um, higher than than DJ Moore with who's on the board. So that that was a bad one, in my opinion. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think, slid a little bit. I kind of have him in that tier with those top three. The rest seems pretty normal to me. Like, I'm not taking Christian Watson that early, but you can make the case. Um, I'm here for the case. It's usually not the direction I go, but, you know, it's... I've, I was kind of happy to see those wide receivers go off the board because, frankly, there's a bunch of names, as you can probably see on the ranks, that I'm pretty excited about are about to come around to, to this turn right now. For sure. And Dallas Goddard does go at the 408, followed by Najee Harris. I think that would be good news for us and our current line of thinking. 
Um, let's talk through some names here, Tyler. Um, Brees Hall, obviously another one uh, with some news with Dalvin Cook signing with the New York Jets. I think Brees Hall would be somebody we might be interested in at this turn. Who else is sticking out to you? Uh, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker are three names that I'm, I'm pretty excited to see here. Um, you know, I'd probably take any of those guys pretty happily here. I mean, Brees Hall, fifth round, which is, and yeah, I guess we can get sniped here, but that, that would be a pretty, that'd be great. Uh, I would love to see it. Um, top of the, the wide receivers would be like Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin range for me. Pretty excited with any of those as well. Not looking at tight end here. Probably not looking at Burrow Herbert either. So like, I, I mean, we already have two running backs. Um, you know, in hindsight, maybe we should have taken a wide receiver, but I'm pretty good to go Joe Mixon, Brees, um, and then taking a pick between Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, and Godwin. Mm-hmm. So Mixon does go at the 411. I think that means this could be Brees Hall for us. If you're good with that, I'll load that one in. Yeah, and absolutely then, good with Brees Hall here. And then let's talk about it. I do think that with the our, our build at that point being a three running back, one wide receiver so far, we'd be looking at one of these wide receivers. Between Godwin Kirk, Mike Williams, who you mentioned, uh, Godwin would be the highest for me. Um, I know he's been a JWB favorite all along. Um, we will probably have him on a lot of teams, but I'd be pretty happy to have him on a team like this with a, a lot of money involved. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's go. Let's let let's go. Brees Hall. Let's go, Chris Godwin. Just so folks understand, like Brees Hall's our running back twelve. Um, he's coming off at what well, I think running back fourteen. We're taking the value there. Um, really concerned with the second half of the season, trying to win a tournament. I think that's when Brees is going to especially shine. Might have a slow start to the season. Chris Godwin, wide receiver twenty four. He's my wide receiver twenty one again. Getting a little bit of value with both these guys. Um, I know we can talk all the shit we want about Baker Mayfield, how bad the Bucks are going to be, but I think they're going to throw a lot of footballs. Um, and I think Mayfield isn't that great, but I think good enough to get the ball to a guy like Chris Godwin. Absolutely. And the thing that I keep coming back to with this offense, especially in a PPR format, is that Chris Godwin is just going to get force fed the ball. I feel like it may not be a ton of a ton of yardage at the end of the day. Like it may be it could be like a 90 catch, 1100 yard kind well, of like season. six, seven touchdowns, like nothing. Crazy, exactly. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two season um, pretty much every time, especially in a PPR format. So I'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, yeah, honestly, I could see Chris Godwin ending the season with uh, not a terribly dissimilar line to somebody like an Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, and obviously we get him much, much later. I think that's within his range of outcomes, and I'm pretty happy with him here at the start of the fifth. Right after us goes Aaron Jones. Uh, I've kind of gone on record, at least amongst our group, saying that I'm pretty out on Green Bay's offense in general. I'm a little bit worried about Aaron Jones and, yeah, pretty much everybody with what Jordan Love brings to the table. How are you feeling about the Green Bay offense in general, Tyler? I've not been drafting much anything on the Green Bay offense. I, I mean, I don't think I've gone on record to say I'm out on Green Bay, but not drafting anybody. Um, Christian Watson goes before when I want him. I'm below on Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon just seems like an absolute condom pick, in my opinion. Like, I don't think they're going to be up and pounding the ball. Tight ends, like, you know, long term, sure. I think there's a little bit of excitement there, but, like, I, I just – there's just nothing here that, like, excites me enough. Um, and where I have all of these Green Bay players ranked, they always go well ahead of me. I mean, 
think oddly, I think I'm most in on Christian Watson, to be honest with you, but still like he's my wide receiver. I think 25 as of right now, he went off at 22, but usually he's gone by wide receiver 25. So don't really have much um, Watson to speak on. So now, I mean, Aaron Jones, there's, there's a couple other running backs on this list. I would take over Aaron Jones for sure. For sure. One of those does go afterwards. After Aaron Jones at the 502, we get Justin Fields, Travis Etienne, Brandon Ayuk, and Justin Herbert. So we do start to see the next tier of quarterbacks start to come off here. Uh, Joe Burrow being the other one that we would probably expect to come off here in the fifth round somewhere. Um, favorite pick out of here among this group, Tyler? Um, I mean, Etienne... Running back 16, I'm at 15, I guess. It's tough. Ayuk, I think, is 25, an okay pick. I got him much lower than that, but I get the case probably around early for Justin Herbert and Fields, to be honest with you, where I, in my opinion, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 26 for me, wide receiver 26. I, I can't really pick a favorite one here. Um, and Javante goes a little earlier than I'd expect him to. So it's, it, it, this this run is good for the ranks. This run is good for the ranks. Do love to see it. I agree with you 100%. Let's see who will come off here as we get into the back end of the fifth. I'm still seeing Kenneth Walker. That's somebody, I guess he's probably coming up to the top of the ADP, but not still the top just yet, but definitely someone that I feel like most of us at JWB are a little bit higher on than consensus. Talk to me about Kenneth Walker versus Zach Charbonnet and why you might have Kenneth Walker a little bit higher than most. Yeah, I... I, I... Really comes down to, I think Kenneth Walker is the guy. I think Charbonnet is a backup. I wasn't necessarily, it's less about Kenneth Walker and more about Charbonnet as I wasn't necessarily enamored by the tape like other people were as I watched it. I know the production was there. I can't take that away from Charbonnet, but I've just said back in his Michigan days, I've just never really been a fan of his game. I think people are overstating a lot of things that he does really well. I think he played in a division where um, there just wasn't much defense for him. And I think he's a fine running back. I think he's probably like a top end, like handcuff, but you know, some people would lay into me for suggesting that Charbonnet is a handcuff. So Kenneth Walker has just proven that he is um, a threat every time he touches the football. Um, and I just think to myself, like I can be getting Kenneth Walker around, you know, RB 17, 16, pretty comfortably. He's my RB 13. I'm ahead of consensus. And I just look at what he did last year. I mean, people were putting him in the top six to top eight dynasty um, running backs before Charbonnet came to town. So I've, you know, adjusted for a little bit of Charbonnet, but I still want to be ahead of market. And Kenneth Walker is just one of those guys where I just, you know, I think without, you know, giving everyone, go back and listen to the clips, folks. Um, I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a Kenneth Walker over Charbonnet, pretty clear uh, for me. Yeah. So after Terry McLaurin and Javante, who we mentioned before, going off 507, 508, we do get Deontay Johnson, Rashad White, Kenneth Walker goes at 511, followed immediately by Alexander Madison and Damian Pierce. I'm not in love with that turn there. Uh, Madison and Pierce, a um, little bit of reaches, uh, I yeah, think, man. by your ranks and mine there, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, this is great so far. This is great. Mike, Mike Williams and Burrow, I think. Where like they just went back to back here, and those are the two guys that I was like hoping would would slide back around us, but it doesn't look like they will. Um, I think in a perfect world, we get Christian Kirk back, um, coming all the way back here in the sixth. That would be absolutely mo monstrous for me. A couple running backs that are interesting to me, but I don't think we're really in a position to be taking another running back, and I'm not necessarily excited to. Um, I think something that would make this interesting um, is that if T Law 
came back with Kirk and we could stack them, that would be mm-hmm. something I'd be uh, severe, like very much interested in happening. Yeah, the players that I'm currently eyeing a little bit at least would be Kirk, Hollywood Brown, Pat Fryermuth, and then definitely T-Law. So after Burrow, we get Drake London, 604. Alvin Kamara goes 605. And Tyler Lockett goes 606. Talk to me about Kamara. He's a little bit buried in your ranks here. Talk to me about Kamara and why you can't get behind this particular pick here. I mean, I should move him up a little bit now that I'm sitting here talking through it. But it's just there's so many other pieces there, and he kind of looked like the decline was coming. So it's a little rich for my blood i think there's like kind of like i look at that like miles sanders jk dobbins tier and i'm like i I would be shooting that shot right yeah it does feel like they've prepared a little bit for life beyond kamara and we are one pick away here and trevor lawrence still on the board we don't get the stack but i think we'd still consider that um there is still hollywood brown on the board pat fryermuth on the board Tyler, who would you be thinking about right here? We're back at 612. Uh, one pick away here. We've got Hollywood Brown, who we talked about. We've got Trevor Lawrence still on the board. The Christian Kirk stack dream okay. is dead. It is uh, dead. It is dead. Um, I mean, Hollywood Brown, for me, this is a pretty easy pick. I'm not even going to lie to you. All right. Um, and then I, I'm okay waiting for quarterback at this time i think this is kind of a tier that's going to open up with t law watson dak kirk and like i i you know we could stack kirk with j jeff in the next round mm-hmm. but um my this is where i'm at marky i think marquise brown is probably the best pick i think i would take him here without mm-hmm. question i would consider miles sanders um rb27 i think yeah. is pretty egregious and he, and he fell i know there's the groin concerns but I've just always been a Miles Sanders fan. I'm not sure I'm ready to take Frymuth here, but you could talk me into it if you wanted to go the Muth route. Yeah, I think I'm okay with Sanders. Um, we are building quite the running back room overall, but I'm pretty okay with it with the way that the wide receivers are going. We do lock in Hollywood, and then, yeah, I do think just considering what's here, I do agree that we are kind of into a tier here. T-Law may be the one who has that upside where, you know, if everything goes right, Calvin Ridley is that dude that the uh, he could ascend and have uh, kind of an outlier season where he has a big-time TD percentage and turns into a top-five quarterback. That's probably why he's going ahead of these guys. But in terms of a baseline projection, I do think that um, he fits more into that tier than not. Fryermuth, definitely someone I'm in on overall, but not someone I want to reach for. I do agree. I think Sanders is the pick here. All right, let's rip him up. So we got a robust RB build coming here for us. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't hate it though because I think there's some like there, there's a case to be made that a lot of these guys are like you look at Jonathan Taylor, kind of an unknown, um, but obviously a high upside pick. Pick. I think we like Jameer Gibbs. We like Jameer Gibbs. Brees Hall. I think it's pretty fair. Like you know, his projection for the back half of the season is probably much better. I don't, I don't project like that, but it's much, much better than the first half. And then there's the groin injury has scared people off of, of Miles Sanders. And I mean, RB 27, I think he's my RB 18. So, I mean, it was just more of a value pick. We didn't need one there, but we do have some solid JWB picks here with Chris Godwin and Marquise Brown as our wide receivers two and three, which we absolutely love to see. And then, I mean, because after this though, it's like, there's not, there's not any running backs left that excite me whatsoever. <laughs> 
Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so we do see after our Sanders pick that Cam Akers comes off the board, Dalvin Cook comes off the board, and Mike Evans. We didn't really dig into the Jets situation too much with Dalvin Cook signing there. What's your thoughts there, Tyler? What does Dalvin Cook actually take away from Brees Hall, or is he more just there to kind of hand the reins over as Brees Hall returns from the ACL? I like the latter there. So I... I'll move Brees down a couple. I mean, here's my thing. With the Dalvin signing, I think I'm thrilled for the Brees shares. I think Brees is going to get moved down to the fifth round, which he could have been technically if we wanted to go that route. But I've been taking Brees Hall fourth round pretty consistently. I've been able to get him there. Brees Hall fifth round seems even better. I get there might be a slow start, but I just – I think Dalvin Cooks is still a good running back. I do think people are trashing him a little bit too hard out there. I still think he's a good running back, but at the end of the day, like – I do believe Brees Hall to be that dude, that top five running back in the NFL when fully healthy. And I don't think Delvin Cook down the line is going to necessarily take too much away from Brees Hall where I don't, you know, I see Brees Hall being a top eight, um, top 10 at worst running back in the back half of the season. And I think he's a league winner. I think Brees Hall is a league winner to get him in the fourth or fifth, probably the fifth round now, I think is is pretty ideal. I think Dalvin's probably best I looked at is kind of like an RB three at this point. Um, did he go off the board? Yeah, 29. A little rich for my blood. I get it. Like, if you're off of Brees, you know, and if you're you're a uh, known Brees Hall hater, a known Brees Hall fader, um, then Delvin Cook at RB29, I think, is fine. It's just not the, the not the you know, the, the flag that I'm planting. Yeah, for sure. And after that, we do have uh, Mike Evans followed by Gabe Davis and Evan Engram. Gabe Davis, obviously a topic of some interest this year where he should fit in. Last year, he got steamed up to absolutely ridiculous heights, in my opinion. Didn't have any last year. Did disappoint, but uh, there was some talk of injuries really holding him back. Um, Definitely more interest in Gabe Davis at his kind of deflated prices this year. But this one right here in the seventh with some other players on the board uh, that I'm a little bit more interested in. I'm not quite sure I can get behind it. How are you feeling about that Gabe Davis 705? I mean, I'm here. I'm back on the Gabe Davis train. Um, He's my wide receiver 38. Um, So wide receiver 34 is like tough to turn my nose up at somebody doing that. But like, you know, frankly, with the JSN and Addison still on the board, there's just no world in which I take Gabe Davis over Jackson Smith and Jigba. It just would not exist. Absolutely. Would totally agree with that. Um, Smith and Jigba. 100% agree with that. We 100% 100 agree agree with that. Jackson Smith and Jigba, we did get... um, I was trying to look it up real quick. We did get him in the last... Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was a little later than this. We felt pretty good about that one falling to us in the last draft that we did back in June. Uh, so after Ingram goes Friermuth, Trevor Lawrence finally comes off 708, Jackson Smith and Jigba 709, Isaiah Pacheco 710, and Brandon Cooks 711. The KC backfield is of a lot of interest um, every single season. Uh, basically anybody on the Kansas City offense is going to be of interest. What's your thoughts on this backfield, though, in particular, and how it shakes out? Would you be taking Pacheco in this range, 7-10, or are you fading him a little more than that? So he is my RB30. He came off as the RB30, but I would have waited a bit. Again, like, I think Addison, JSN are two guys I would have probably picked before Pacheco. I would have probably gone with T-Law at that point in time before Pacheco. 
So I think that there's there's some guys I would have picked. But this is the range, though. I feel like if you're hurting at running back, like going in the eighth, like seventh, eighth round, I probably wouldn't go seventh round, but eighth round Pacheco. Um, I don't really have an issue with it. I think there's going to be some weeks he's going to seriously disappoint you and Jarek McKinnon, and it's just going to be like Kelsey blows up. Like I think it's going to be a little frustrating to roster Pacheco. Um, he was a pretty big sell candidate for me this offseason just with how much he was getting steamed up there. I think he's, he's dropped a little bit since then. But um, I think generally he's good there. And then following Pacheco goes Cooks and Joku Watson stack to Addison Pickens. I think this tracks with the wide receivers that are left. I think there's a couple interesting names here. Um, but like we're we're about to hit a wide receiver tier break here in the, the next four to five wide receivers. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. We'll be crossing our fingers uh, with, I think, eight picks here before us that we still get something there. Yeah. Um, Definitely, I think we've hit a certain inflection point with the running backs as well, which may push people back into the wide receivers and also over at tight end. So it'll be interesting uh, to see if we can snag some value here at wide receiver or if we're going to be pushed over into maybe a quarterback situation. We talked about Kirk Cousins. I think that would be a little bit, yeah, definitely be ahead of the ADP here. So I feel like maybe we might even be able to push him around one more. Jahan Dotson goes at the 804. We hate to see it. We were hoping. We were hoping. We were were hoping for the brand for sure. Khalil Herbert follows that one. That's a a burn pick right there in my opinion. Yeah, that one feels a little rich for me. I do love Khalil Herbert, the player, uh, someone that I was a little bit excited about for Dynasty last year. I was trying to stash him. Uh, Dave Montgomery goes away, and you feel pretty excited. Then they go out and they draft what feels a little bit like a or, or sorry, they pick up in free agency what feels a little bit like a Khalil Herbert replica, in my opinion, in Donta Foreman. And uh, then they go out and draft Roshan Johnson, just turning that backfield into a huge mess. And Fields might be their leading rusher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, It's really hard to get excited about any single player in that backfield, in my opinion. You almost feel like you need a couple of injuries to make one of those running backs uh, really worthwhile for fantasy purposes. After Herbert, we get Michael Pittman, followed by so DeAndre Swift. Let's let's let's. This is this is a a Zay. I know my ranks say one thing, but I would go Zay Flowers or QJ here pretty comfortably if one of those two fall to us. I do have Traylon Burks over here. I think I'm going to have to adjust that real time. I do think I, I like after QJ and Zago, I have Traylon Burks like above the Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore tier. But I think, you know, you know, this is why we do these things. Like, I, I love drafting because I I can look at my ranks go live, and I have Burks ahead of Zay Flowers, and I have Burks ahead of QJ, but I'm pretty certain that I would go both those rookies over Traylon Burks with the Hopkins signing. Yeah, all of those cases, in my opinion, you're kind of playing for a future scenario, maybe not week one, but maybe something a little bit down the line. We do see Elijah Moore goes 808, Zay Flowers 809, Michael Thomas 810, Sky, Sky Moore, Moore you fucking love 811. To see it. <laughs> the Michael, the Michael, the Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas, Sky Moore run there was beautiful for us. So I, I feel really good about QJ as one of these two picks. 
Absolutely. Uh, 100% agree with that for sure. We'll load him up and we can talk a little bit about who we want to go next. I w definitely wouldn't hurt. So right now our, our build is four running backs and three wide receivers. We're going to add QJ to get us to four wide receivers. I don't think we need to go to quarterback nope, just not yet. yet. Not yet. I'm with you. Uh, I don't think we need to go uh, over tight to tight end either. So I do think we can double tap wide receiver here and maybe feel a little bit better about the wide receiver room as a whole. Uh, so that would probably look like Quentin Johnston, Traylon Burks here, unless you want to maybe okay go with, with just a different uh, kind it, of player. I'm not like I, you know, I would have considered you know Dotson, Cooks, Gabe Davis, say Flowers. This is that range I get those guys, but I, you know, Traylon Burks to me, I look at my ranks and I'm like, if I don't, if we don't pick Burks here, this is what's happening. If we don't pick Burks here, it's Cortland Sutton, Rashad Bateman, Juju. I'm okay. That's a tier. Don't need like mm -hmm. running back. Like I like Antonio Gibson. He's my highest ranked running back right now. But like we don't. I'm not. I'm not taking him as my RB five. We don't need him right now. And then mm -hmm. like the Higby, the Schultz, the Gerald Everett's will wait. The Brescotts, the Cousins, the DJ, the Daniel Joneses will wait. So I'm not in love with the Burks pick here. But at the same time, you know I loved his profile. Obviously, it's not the best scenario and situation for him. But you know if something happens to somebody, like there's obviously an upside case to be made with Burks. So I, I'm I'm okay with hitting Burks here. Absolutely. And I do think that there's a little bit of an element here with the QJ Traylon Burks as our wide receiver four and wide receiver five in a scenario where we've already gone with four uh, running backs uh, at this point that we're probably pretty happy if one of those hits in any kind of Agreed. in we don't any need kind them. of way. We don't need yeah. QJ or Burks. We don't need both of them to hit right here. Exactly. So if one of them hits and they are legitimately big upside kind of players they're widely viewed that way uh, it's not just us saying that um you know if deandre hopkins can't stay healthy again uh if uh, something happens to mike williams he can't stay healthy again if justin herbert just finds a star in quentin johnson like there's a lot of scenarios it feels like where at least one of these two players uh, turns into something that could really help us down the stretch yeah man it's um it, it, this is where things get a little bit ugly for me because it's it, we're basically like this is i'm hoping for a deck prescott i would probably reach on kirk cousins here just considering we have j jeff and to kind of lean into that here mm -hmm. but we'll see because like it's clear tier like the, look at these wide receivers like there's a big gap between burks and qj and sutton and nico for me um absolutely massive massive so it's going to be interesting to see how this this turns around here. We're starting to get a point where I'm trying to take a look at. Obviously, everyone gets to go because we're on the corner here. But you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams have quarterbacks right now, and it's a one QB league. It's been pretty sharp so far. So it's like there could be a world where we can push it. But I also want to like point out that like I would rather have Dak and Kirk over Daniel Jones and Tua. I have no problem if we're walking into the season with like a Tua or a, G a Gino or a Daniel Jones, but you know, Dak and Kirk would feel good. I think Kirk would feel pretty good here because um, I, I do think that while we'd probably take him around that QB 10, QB 11 range, and frankly, that's probably where he would finish. Mm -hmm. Having him with Justin Jefferson, I think just like a, you know, if, if Justin Jefferson's going off, we're we're absolutely smashing, and I think we're banking on some J Jeff going off like at least six to six times this year, where he's dropping thirty burgers regularly. I mean, that's a fifty sixty point week likely between the two of them. So excited to see how this kind of runs around here. Um, Kincaid goes tight end eleven, a little rich for my blood, but we get the upside. Then Brian Robinson, Gibson, 
Rashad Bateman, Charbonnet. I mean, these are pretty much like, you know, th- these are my ranks. Like, I, have, I have nothing to say. These players all deserve to go here in the ninth round, in my opinion. Nothing's really sticking out in terms of like the guys that I think is a reach here. Th- this looks good. This is a good ninth round so far. Yeah. I definitely would take Gibson over Robinson just for the pass catching upside and PPR, PPR format. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's hard to hate on it. it it's going to be really interesting, in my opinion. There are a few offenses around the league that I'm really interested in seeing how they work out. The Washington Commanders is really one of them for me. Obviously, they've got a lot uh, riding on the arm of Sam Howell. I think we know what Jacoby Brissett is at this point. He's a capable player. Um but definitely one who probably should be a backup uh, most of the time. So if Sam Howell can hit in even a even a slightly above average kind of way for what's essentially a rookie year for him after being sat for most of last year, if he can hit in this offense with Eric Bieniemy here, then you really, yeah, you really just have to think that there could be a lot of upside for multiple pieces of this offense we love Jahan Dotson but Terry McLaurin could have a big year um Antonio Gibson if he's the pass catching back could have a big year as well the next CMC as they've said (laughs) the next CMC many have said this many have said this I mean I will say it's like obviously I'm biased because it's our team but like taking the running backs early worked out because Otherwise, like you're sitting here depending on these Samaji P. Ryan's, that the Zach Charbonnets, the Rashad Pennies, the AJ Dillons here, and that's just like, it's just not a terror. Those are those are guys I want to take like multiple of because I just don't have much faith. And it's just nice to know that like, hey, like we we've locked down our four running backs. Maybe take a couple other handcuffs here later as we try to kind of solidify the room because, like, I feel great about what we got a wide receiver. I feel great about what we got a running back, and then we can hopefully grab some tight end value that falls here and hopefully get one of these quarterbacks we're talking about. For sure. So we do get, so we had Gibson at 906, Bateman 907, Charbonnet 908, P. Ryan goes 909, Dylan, Rashad Penny, Katarius, Tony 912, followed immediately by Jamison Williams 1001. That is quite the, uh, upside slash injury turn i guess you would say <laughs> and the Kadarius tony jameson williams infamous turn we might call it how would you feel about that um obviously this player is thinking within the context of his own team and what he's got here he only had three wide receivers to this point um but I do like you have to acknowledge the upside of those two players there, and maybe he's thinking similarly to we, what we were with QJ and Traylon Burks. That even if one of those two hits for him in any kind of way, then he's kind of won that turn there. Um, but either of those players of any interest to you in this range? Yeah, I mean Tony, not really. I mean, here's the thing: like, no, not really. I, I don't hate. I don't hate. Like fifty, like wide receiver fifty and fifty-one, Jameson Williams, Tony. I'm fine with it. Both great offenses, both have some opportunity if they seize it and are healthy and can play. I mean, I can't, it's just tough to build excitement around Kadarius Tony and Jameson Williams, in my opinion. Um, I know there's a lot of Jameson Williams fans out there, and they're probably banking on him. Um, just as, as it's been well documented, folks, hit the, uh, hit the clips if you want to know <laughs> more about what we would think about Jameson Williams. But 
seeing Dak Prescott go right after that and Schultz, those are two names that run my radar to come back around to us. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, I think, is one of those guys where he's kind of like the top of a tier, and I haven't found myself drafting a lot of him. But it is tough to say um, that he's, you know, he, he has an opportunity to get a lot of volume in that offense. You know, it's a lot of unproven pass catchers. Um, he's got, I mean, going off the top of my head here, but he's easily got to be like the, the most experienced pass catcher in that entire, that entire team at this point yeah. in time. Um, like, you know, I like Nico Collins, thought he went in a fine spot. I think Mechie is a good story. Don't hate him super late. But I think there's a world where we talk about rejectable volume. And then Tyler Higby goes, so sad, dude. So sad. That was one that we were definitely going to be targeting. Uh, aside from the elite first name, you talk about projectable volume yeah, and a tight end absolutely. premium setup. Tyler Higby, definitely a sharp room here and one that we really can't expect to have a lot fall to us. Yep. Um, so let's talk through a little bit about the tight end options that are left and when we might want to be thinking about targeting some of these as Tank Bigsby and Devon A-Chain go right behind Higby. Good range, good range, good range. Good range there. We've got Gerald Everett, Sam Laporta, Greg Dulcich, Chig, Aconquo, Irv Smith Jr., Cole Kmet, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst. These are the kinds of guys that we're going to be dealing with. Um, I don't know, at this point, especially in a in a 20 roster spot league, I feel like we might have to load up a little bit and play a little bit of the streaming game uh, with some of these. We don't want to obviously get left behind, but we also don't want to overcommit just because the guys that we really liked went a little bit ahead of us. So what's your thoughts here on the tight end position, how we might be able to play that uh, with our picks coming up? Yeah, so here's where I'm at. Obviously, the the guy sitting here on the clock takes Cousins, TJ Hawkinson stack, doesn't have a quarterback. Great. Anthony Richardson, <laughs> you absolutely love to see it. I'm good with Kirk here. Um if you wanted to push Kirk, I wouldn't fight you on it because I think there's a world where we could take Gerald Everett, Sam Laporta, Greg Dulcich, two of those three, and probably set ourselves up pretty good in the tight end room. I think that's about the end of a tier. Like I, I right now, there's a tier. It's Dulcich, Laporta, and Everett. I don't think those three dudes are going to come back around to us at this point in time. People are definitely looking to take two tight ends in this format, unlike how they would take two quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, one of these has to be um, – Dulcich or Everett for me. Um, I, I If you wanted to double tap both and push Cousins even further, I wouldn't fight you on it because I'm totally cool walking into the season with Daniel Jones, Tua, or Geno. So your thoughts there. I mean, we're definitely taking Dulcich or Everett, um, but I, if we took both here and pushed quarterback further, I would not mind. I'm kind of feeling like that's the play here. Obviously, it would be nice to stack Cousins with Justin oh. Jefferson, but... I do kind of feel like I want to get two tight ends that we feel somewhat comfortable with that we can kind of play on off weeks and uh, figure out what we want to do week to week. And and if we miss Kirk back around, if we have to start Daniel Jones tour or Gino, that's a tier right there. And I'm cool with starting any of those four names on a regular basis. So let's, let's double tap Everett and and, and Dulcich here. You had to go Dulcich in the 10th round first as a homer. Look at the hat. I did have to go. <laughs> Even though you know I got Gerald Everett ahead of him, but it's it's the right <laughs> move. It's the right move. I'm with you. It's it, it's basically like if we missed on this, the tight end would feel a lot grosser, and there's still a lot, I believe, what do we have, 11. Like I would be shocked if somebody took a second running back. Uh, sorry, a second quarterback in the 12th or 13th round here. Multiple people. Like we're talking people would have to take three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks. We'd have to see – 
four teams take a backup quarterback in the 11th and 12th round for us to miss somebody in this quarterback tier. So now that I'm talking through it with you, I feel pretty damn good about double tapping the Gerald Everett, Greg Dulcich. Um, just kind of go a little bit further on this. Like, you know, I think they're both like a little sketchy, but I think the upside mm-hmm. for both of them is good. We saw a you know solid breakout out of Dulcich. I think that wide receiver room is kind of already figuring itself out. Like I'm not really huge. I'm below market on Judy, probably at market with Sutton. You know, Marvin Mims is a rookie, but like, you know, there's really nothing behind them anymore, unfortunately, with the injury to Patrick and Hamler's out the door. Um, you know, there's a world where when Dulcich is the second highest targeted pass catcher, probably going to be the third. And then Gerald Everett, like definitely a crowded room here. But at the same time, I have the Chargers as probably one of the best offenses in terms of just like pa- like pace of play. You know, it was a good offensive mm-hmm. as, it, as it was. And now you have Kellen Moore into town. I think the Chargers and, you know, they're due to explode. And er- Gerald Everett's likely probably not going to be like a, a week-to-week crusher. But at the same time, there's going to be some weeks when I think things work their way to Gerald Everett. Like Mike Williams, you know, Keenan Allen aren't necessarily – known for their bill of health not projected injuries but you know just to kind of you know tell the story make the narrative here um so i, I feel good about i feel safe like you know i feel good about the tight end room that we're pushing forward probably grab a third one a bit later some of the later guys but you know in, in hindsight i'm glad you talked me out of the kirk cousin stack because walking in the season with dulcich and everett feels good yeah yeah i do think that that was the right move overall even though kirk cousins does go here to the anthony richardson uh team that's pretty interesting. I'm not sure what's going on uh, with that guy there. I mean, you can you can pitch make something me my words. They're gonna make <laughs> me my words. I just said there's no way. There we go into it. They're taking backup quarterbacks. Yeah, um, you know we get shocked all the time. You can have these situations in your rooms, even in these in these high buy-in rooms. So. Um, you have to at least be aware of that as a possibility. I do think that it was the right move at that time, but you do have to be aware of the possibility that you do get shut out of the tier that you really want to be in, and you have to adjust. So we have, after our picks there, just to recap, we had Jacoby Myers, 11.02, followed by Odell Beckham. Kirk Cousins goes to the Anthony Richardson drafter. Jamal Williams, Tua Tagovailoa goes next, followed by Juwan Johnson who's a little bit further down our ranks, so we're okay with that one in terms of uh, potential third tight end. Yeah, definitely, I think at this point, we're hoping for Daniel Jones or Geno Smith to swing back around to us at the next turn. And really, I think with the build that we have, we've kind of left ourselves open to whatever that other pick might be. Uh, I don't think we've really painted ourselves into a corner. The one thing that the four running backs early did for us is that we can feel really quite solid with that. We're never going to be hurting at running back um, unless we have truly freak injury situation. And so we don't have to go hunting in this group of running backs that everyone else is going to be hunting through right now. Some of them will hit for sure, but um, there might be some opportunity for us to just kind of avoid that situation altogether and find some much needed help at other positions here. Um, Roshan Johnson comes off at the 1108. And I think that's a fine spot overall for a player that I really actually like the tape on. Uh, I had him as a top five running back in the class just based on the tape. But again, we talked about the Chicago offense in that backfield a little bit. It's just really hard to get super excited about anyone back there. Yep. So great. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking as we get into this, I do think that we're going to continue to see this little group of running backs with some kind of contingent upside come off as Tyler Algier comes off. Definitely the definition of that kind of play. I do think that that'll come off. We'll probably get through this kind of Juju Smith-Schuster uh, tier here, and then it really kind of opens up to whatever people are into. I do think that we might actually start to see more of these tight ends come off as people really try to lock down, there in I most go. cases, their second. Yep. Yeah, we have Cole Matt at the eleven ten. Yeah, another reason I like doing these, I, I really, I'm looking at my ranks now, I'm like, I got Damian Harris way too high, I need to drop him quite a bit here um upside case for me just isn't very good a couple names that i i think i would be kind of excited to to come back around to me um frankly i think juju in full ppr is probably a guy that i would be heavily considering if he comes back around on this turn i think that um looking at elijah mitchell raheem mostert and jeff wilson now that it kind of seems like miami might not be signing anyone of consequence and kind of i'm a little bit lower than a chain uh in, in these managed redraft settings um, Kendra Miller, I think was still another guy that I would consider. I know there's like the injury, the knee thing that's going on, but I think we're going to, we're at a spot where we're shooting for upside, but those are like some of the names that are sticking out. Like besides obviously the, the Daniel Jones and the Geno Smith that we're hoping kind of work their way back to us. If, if, G, if Daniel Smith or Geno fall back around, it's a pretty easy smash for me. I do have Daniel Jones ahead of Geno, but same tier. You could talk me either way. It's, it's crazy to be talking about Daniel Jones in this vein as I've been a, a very vocal Daniel Jones hater in the past, but you can't take away the fact that a, a new coach comes into town and all of a sudden he's an actual fantasy weapon. So, you know, I, I definitely would like probably take a backup later if we went with Gino and Daniel Jones. You know, I'd like to kind of back that up with like a Goff or a Purdy or something like that. But, the, you know, th there's some names here that I expect to come back around to us. I, you know, talking tight ends too. Um, you know, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Trey McBride are another three names. I think that I have some, some interest in as well. So just kind of tossing some, some names out there that I hope to, to work their way back around your thoughts on those. Yeah, definitely would be interested in some of those names for sure. Um, I do think that we're probably looking at a third tight end. Daniel Jones does come off. So after the Komet pick at 11-10, we see Chig Conkle come off. Alan Lazard, Darnell, <laughs> Darnell Mooney, Daniel Jones, 12-02. Romeo Dubes, 12-03. So we're down to Geno Smith in our hopes for that tier of quarterbacks. Um, yeah, don't know if we'll see it or if we won't, but definitely something we're going to hope for do think that, as you mentioned, there are some interesting options at tight end. It's kind of shocking to me, honestly, that people are in on Alan Lazard, Darnell Mooney, Romeo Dubes over Juju Smith-Schuster. Agreed. Agreed. He's, he's just a clear one in that offense in terms of target share, at least. And regardless of what you might think about the upside case in the 12th round, like, what are we doing? Yeah, I think there's just a level where I'm like, Juju falls here, it's Juju. And it's going to be a QB. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to pull my projections right now just to give people an idea of what I think Juju is capable of. But, I mean, 100 targets, I feel pretty good locking that in. Probably, you know, at least 70 catches, 750, 800 yards maybe. In terms of touchdowns go, um, probably four or five. Like, you know, I think that's a little bit – I'm looking at my projections, and I'm like, I got them a little bit lower than I thought I did. But at the same time, the volume, I think, is there in a full PPR league where it's like – Couple, you know, a couple of these guys don't pan out. If we have to throw Juju in there as a wide receiver three for some weeks, like it's not necessarily going to be the end of the world. Yep. 
So after dupes, we do see Zamir White, Tajay Spears, Ty Chandler. That's a lot of steam. He gets pumped sometimes, book. man. He get pumped is kind of like, you know, if you're a Madison hater, you have to kind of plant a flag on a guy. And I kind of see people going towards Ty Chandler. I've heard his name being thrown around here and there. I don't hate it. I think the Vikings are probably probably one that if we look at the Kareem Hunts and the Fournettes that are kind of left out there. Like, it would not shock me if the Vikings kind of went that route. Um, but, I mean, with Elijah Mitchell and Kendra Miller and Jeff Wilson and Mostert on the board, there's no way I'm taking Ty Chandler. There's just no Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Totally 100% agree with that. We have, yeah, I think we have a pretty clear tier there. I'd even be a little bit interested in Devin Singletary uh, before we really get into kind of the disgusting territory uh, overall. I do... I don't hate the Tajay Spears pick. I think, like, with I'm where... I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that, too. Yeah, with where Derrick Henry is being drafted most of the time, late second round, like, I think that I think that people are kind of building in an expectation of Derrick Henry being hurt at some point, or at least not being as efficient as he was. If you believe that Derrick Henry is a liability, then I feel like you have to kind of believe that Tajay Spears has some upside. Juju does go 1209. Smart, smart pick by that guy, which I appreciate. Yeah. Mr. Big Sir. All right. Don't <laughs> take Geno here. You have Mahomes. You don't need Geno Smith. Bram yeah, Stoker. <laughs> we really hope he doesn't. So we did have, after Ty Chandler, it was Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mostert, Juju Smith Schuster, Rondale Moore. I do think that. Rondale's a yeah, fine pick there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that for sure. Uh, you expect some sort of low ADOT offense with uh, Colt McCoy uh, potentially being the starter there in the early going. I do think Rondale Moore fits into that pretty well. So definitely Kendra Miller, Jeff Wilson would be in consideration here. Definitely we're hoping for Gino to be one of the picks here as long as Mr. Stoker doesn't mess this up Mr. for us. Stoker, we're sweating Geno Smith in the twelfth right now. Please, we are sweating it pretty hard at the moment. We're not. We're not live, so we can talk. Yes, he goes with Rasheed Rice. That does leave Geno for us. Big sigh of relief from my side, at least. Uh, I think that's a player that we really we needed. We needed. We that. needed it. We I needed hesitate that. to say needed in in any context, but uh, I think we needed that one. Yeah, pretty good about it. I feel good. I mean, Geno Smith here is a smash. I think we're looking at the other pieces here. I, I, I'd still play chicken a little bit at tight end, like with the Ir, with the Irv Smiths, the Hunter Henrys, the Aiden Hurst, the Trey McBride. I'm down with taking one of those four on the next turn. Um, mm -hmm. This is like a Geno Smith for me. There's no there's no wide receivers here that are screaming value, um, in my opinion. Um, it, like, I mean, like Damian Harris is a, technically a value at this point in time for me, but like I think I tend to lean probably Jeff Wilson or Kendra Miller if I had to pick. Um like if you wanted to get Damian Harris here, I'd be like, I it's it's the it's the thirteenth round. We can go Harris, but you know, I, I kind of like the, you know, Jeff Wilson is is like the banger a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, something happens in Mostert. I would put Jeff Wilson here pretty comfortably. Um there, there's no wide receivers here that are necessarily pushing it. So I mean I would probably go Jeff Wilson or Damian Harris or Kendra Miller. I'll let you pick from the three here. Yeah, I have taken a lot of Jeff Wilson and Kendra Miller, two of my most rostered players in the underdog drafts. I have been able to get in while traveling outside of Ontario, where it's sadly not an option. Um, I'm pretty good with Jeff Wilson here. I do believe a little bit in the upside case. The The thing 
that scares you off Jeff Wilson is that you might not know when to play him, but it seems like every year uh, he's had a couple of 120-yard, two-touchdown games, and so in the to start the 13th round, that's something I can get behind. Let's do it. Let's do it. Dude, big sigh of relief for Geno Smith. You love to see it. Imagine Absolutely. Saying that starting like last season where I'm just like sweating Geno Smith as our team. <laughs> but here we are. Things can change. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's getting tough here. I mean, it's 13th rounds. We, we still have a lot of picks left. It's like you said, it's a pretty deep bench. You know, I, I, I tend in these moments uh, to kind of stack running backs. Um, you know, I think there's like, but like considering our build, you know, getting a, a solid tight end three that I feel good about again, going to be like the Hunter Henry's, which I don't think a is going to be much of a factor regardless of the injury that was reported. Um, Hayden Hurst, um, not sexy at all, but I think the volume considering the guys around him and the Trey McBride, I know Ertz is apparently back healthy, but at the same time, um, I'm a Trey McBride fan, and I think he he does have an opportunity here to kind of take a step forward. So I, I those are the kind of directions that I would go with some names at wide receiver that I think are on my radar at this point in time. Zay Jones, um, Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, Gallup, MBS, Marvin Mims, uh, Jaden Reed. I, you know, n- nothing nothing's exciting. I mean, I guess you could make some cases for excitement, a couple of those guys. But um, I also would not be opposed to, you know, if we see an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, or a Goff, come back around to take mm-hmm. them with one of these two picks as well. Yeah, definitely wouldn't hate that. When I looked at I don't know, going back to Geno Smith and our potential case for a second quarterback, when I look at Geno's numbers from last year, it's just truly incredible how efficient he was. You do probably expect that he won't be quite as efficient next year, but at the same time, it's an indication that the guy can play, and they've done nothing but add to that offense in the offseason here. You have a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we all at JWB are quite high on, adding a pretty big element to this offense. Even if Tyler Lockett does start to take a step back as he continues to age, then you do feel like JSN can step into all of that and maybe even a little more uh, with his profile coming out of college. So Gino is someone I feel really comfortable with, especially as the 15th quarterback off the board. Definitely a teardrop there. And I would I would not mind, uh, especially if one of the quarterbacks with at least a little bit of an upside case comes back around, I wouldn't mind getting into some of that. We do start to see the wide receiver get really gross here as we see some picks. After our Jeff Wilson, it went Irv Smith, Adam Thielen, Marvin Mims, Alec Pierce, Damian Harris, Jaden Reed. I'm okay with taking the shots on the rookies there in Mims and Reed, but Adam Thielen and Alec Pierce are just not guys I'm going to have on a lot of rosters this year. Uh, yeah, Damian Harris, we talked about like technically a value, but you, it's just so hard to get excited about that pick, even in the 13th round. Yeah. It's getting to a point of the draft here, Nate, where getting excitement about any player is, <laughs> is a stretch. So we will, we will do our best folks to try to send this thing home with as much excitement as we possibly can. As we talk about these players that frankly don't give us much of anything. Like Mingo, like yeah, take the rookies. Like you know what I'm saying. Like this is the round yeah. where it's like I've no, like take these rookies. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. Um, yeah. It it it, it makes sense because the names that I'm seeing here, again, Jones, Boyd, Shark, Gallup, MVS, Curtis Samuel, KJ Osborne, Van Jefferson. Like 
you know, what is the what is the upside case here? Like wide I mean, we know Zay Jones would probably and Boyd have had their time of being like, you know, fringe wide receiver two threes. They've had some time and I wouldn't hate them, you know, certainly, but it's mm-hmm. like you you need something to break for them to like truly become a factor because otherwise you're probably not going to start them on the right week like right if like ridley like even if the jags are humming and ridley and kirk and ingram are all healthy like i don't i'm not starting zay jones i'm not doing that same thing with like tyler boyd like it you know if if mixon and 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 chase and higgins are all healthy it's like i don't start boyd with any sort of confidence they're like not that they're handcuffed wide receivers i don't necessarily like you know think that's a thing but at the same time, we're at that range, you know, fourteenth round, where you got to start telling yourself these stories. Like, what is the upside case, right? That, that's where we're at. Is like we're trying to beat twenty thousand and three people. So it's like you have to start having these conversations, where it's like build the upside case. Like, how does this happen? How does this player become a top thirty-six player? Um, because that's the only way that if you're winning money, they're going to crack your lineup. So that's just kind of like you know the way I'm starting to look at these later rounds is like what's the upside like how is this guy become a top 12 top 15 tight end how's this guy become a top 15 quarterback how's this guy become a top 24 wide receiver how does this wide receiver become a top 36 top 30 guy um and that's sort of how I just kind of look at essentially rounds like 13 to 20 here mm-hmm. yep definitely would, would you say you 100% agree Nate I I think I would uh I toyed with the 99%, but I think I'm going to lock in the 100% agree on that one. So after the Jaden Reed pick, we see Jonathan Mingo. Jake Ferguson comes off. Jared Goff, Chuba Hubbard. Um, Jake Ferguson, a little bit of an interesting situation with the Dallas tight end there. You do think that whoever that pass-catching Dallas tight end is might have some upside. We saw this with Dalton Schultz. Nobody was into Dalton Schultz. Uh, in the year that he kind of broke out in that Dallas offense. Uh, So you can kind of paint yourself, I guess, a little bit of a case that Jake Ferguson maybe could be that guy. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Dallas tight end situation or if there's any interest in Jake Ferguson or anybody else there uh, a little bit later on just taking that shot. But uh, we have at least seen it once before with Dalton Schultz that uh, there was something there. I like Jake Ferguson. I have no problem with him going as a tight end 21. I think I know they they drafted Shoemaker in the second round, which was a lot to say, but I mean, Ferguson is, you know, for all intents and purposes, the starter right now on, on a team that, you know, should have a pretty decent offense. Like I have concerns obviously with McCarthy and Kellen Moore out of town, but I, I think that the offense should be decent at worst. And I think that there's a world when he's like, you know, the number three pass catcher on the team, I can build the case for, for Jake Ferguson. So I definitely don't hate. There's a couple of guys I mentioned, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Trey McBride, that I'm probably taking ahead of Jake Ferguson. But I've been warming up. I've been warming up to Jake Ferguson a little bit. For sure. Um, Yeah. I think there's a few guys that I'm definitely more interested in. But uh, if you want to paint yourself that case, then I can definitely see it. After that group, we do start to get into the weeds a little bit. So we had Chuba Hubbard come off at the 1311, then Tyler Boyd 1312, Tyler Conklin 1401, an elite first name turn for Ducks Dynasty there. Luke Musgrave 1402, DJ Chark 1403, Zay Jones, then Derek Carr, Curtis Samuel, Tank Dell. 
Uh, we're definitely getting into the take your shot at wide receiver zone here. I'm not convinced that there's going to be much that we're left getting any kind of interest in. Um, but at the same time, I think we might have room on our roster to take another wide receiver or two. Is there anybody that you think might come back to us at wide receiver that you'd be interested in at our upcoming turn? Gallup, um, MVS, and Curtis Samuel would probably be the three that would stick out to me. Um, I think Kid Osborne's interesting, but like with Justin Jefferson, I'm not sure that's like the move that I would be making. Um, I'm just sh- scroll down my list a little bit here. It's it's tough, it's tough. So I mean, like Gallup, MVS would probably be the two guys that I'm like, all right, I can get behind this right now. And we're mm-hmm. sure we saw our first defense go off the board. San Francisco, they are our number one ranked defense. But again, we've kind of held this conversation where we're, we're just not taking those shots yet. There goes Gallup. There goes Hurst. Yeah, starting to see some of our targets come off here. I do think that we might be into a scenario where it does make some sense to get that second quarterback that we talked about. Uh, can I interest you in a Kyler Murray and that upside case? Um, Probably not yet. Probably not yet. I, I, sure. I think I, I, mean, I think there's a world when I'd be like, okay, like, 16th 17th round Kyler Murray I could do it but it's just tough I think there's a world where this pick is burned and if we burn a 14th 15th round pick is at the end of the world I'm not too certain but I'd probably lean because there's a tier here with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in it right we've seen both Mm -hmm. these guys be top 12 options I think you know their 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 better years are behind them I think it's pretty safe to say respectfully um but I would probably lean Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson here um but if we wanted to keep shooting it down, I'm good grabbing a Stafford, a Purdy, a Jimmy G, or a Kyler later if there's two names here that interest you. So, yeah, just thinking through here, if we do want to get into a third tight end, I do feel like this might be the jump-off point before people really kind of raid that raid that last little tier that we have Agreed. here with Hunter Agreed. Henry and Trey McBride. Uh, so that might be a way that I look. Hunter Henry's been getting a little steam in uh, some... Some circles that we like to listen to in terms of podcasts and things like that. So uh, I'm okay with Hunter Henry here. I'm okay also with Kendry Miller falling back here. Let's do it. Uh, That's my thought here. I'm okay going Hunter Henry and Kendry, truly. All right. We lock in Kendry Miller. We do have to go down the list a little bit to get to Hunter Henry, but he is the second tight end by ADP, and we've seen consistently throughout this draft this particular group of managers definitely willing to grab tight ends above ADP. And the other piece of this is, is like we have what one team, two teams, three teams, four, five teams with two QBs, right? If that leaves six other teams that only have one. So like, I think there's a world when it's like, we do get a Kyler Murray later. We do get a Purdy or a Stafford or a Russ or an A-Rod even here without having to take that reach. And, you know, we get the long shot on the, the Kendry Miller and then a little bit more of the security on the, the Hunter Henry tight end. I mean, is that likely is a fine pick there? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely likely. Again, talking about guys when we get into this range in the 15th round where we're at now, someone that you can paint yourself a picture. Mark Andrews goes down at some point during the season, and Isaiah likely steps into that role and at least has the athleticism to make something of the chances he does get. I do think that if Gallup had come back to us there, that I might have been tempted to go that route Same. instead of instead of one of the other picks. But that was kind of a tear drop off for me where I felt pretty comfortable pushing it again once that happened. Some wide receivers, I do kind of feel so our wide receivers at this point, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, Quentin Johnson, Traylon Burks, solid group, but definitely like we only have five of them. So that is something that you probably don't see on a lot of our teams. We're definitely usually a little bit more wide receiver heavy, at least early on. So I would be interested in adding at least more, one more wide receiver to this squad. There are some guys, especially in a PPR format, that I can tell myself a story about here. John Mechie being one of them. Um, maybe even a Richie James if he takes the slot. Like if Sky Moore, if that Sky Moore pick truly is a burn pick, and Richie James, we saw it last year with the Giants, he actually had a really solid, basically was a wide receiver too for a lot of my dynasty squads off the mm. waiver wire uh, last year down the stretch. I can definitely paint myself a picture there. We see after our turn, it does go... Isaiah Likely at the 1502, then Kareem Hunt, Justin Ross, Jalen Hyatt, and Donta Foreman. Justin Ross, everyone's favorite uh, <laughs> player this offseason. I remain unconvinced on Justin Ross. I think there, it's almost 50 50 if he makes a team for me at this point. Feels a little bit like uh, a Marquez Callaway uh, from a couple of years ago, somebody mm -hmm. like that. What's your thoughts on Justin Ross, Tyler? Yeah, I'm just not here for it. I mean, here's the thing. Chiefs wide receivers aren't going to hit like it, it's just like that That in itself feels good. Like it's Travis Kelsey and they spread the ball around. There, there's really nothing that besides, you know, Tyreek Hill, there's nothing that's ever really popped. I don't think there's going to be anything that pops. I think a lot of people trick themselves into thinking that the wide receiver is like a good upside pick for the Chiefs when in reality it's it's really not because it's it's Travis Kelsey. So. And I don't think Justin Ross is. I'd go MVS. I mean, if I if I'm going for an upside pick of a, a Chiefs wide receiver, I'd go MVS, and I'm not even excited about that one. So, I'm, it's it, there's really not much there. I think I mean I'd go Jalen Hyatt over Justin Ross for sure. I think that like telling yourself a story, I think is easier with with Hyatt because while I didn't necessarily love him as a prospect, there's the wide receiver room is wide open, right? There's no mm -hmm. one of consequence. On, in the Giants' wide receiver room at all. like I can't even tell you who I think would be a top 36 wide receiver. Slayton, Hodgins, Shepard, Wandale, Paris Campbell. It's like, it's really just like pick your poison. It's like you could, you could honestly pull those names out of a hat and I'd feel almost as good as trying to project who's going to be the better wide receiver of that group. So an unknown, you know, good draft capital. Like, you know, he, he, he did have a good year. Like, you can't take that away from him. Like, he did have a really good year. Like, he, he proved he can play. So, I probably have to move high a little bit higher from my ranks. I'm kind of taking a peek at him now. I'm like, shit, he's kind of far down there. There's a lot of guys I think I'd rather have. Un I'd rather have Hyatt than a lot of these guys. So, again, not moving him up <laughs> so much to where I'm like, I got to get Jalen Hyatt. But he is one of those guys I kind of look at. I'm like, ah, oh, the upside case is there. There's some names that went ahead of him that I, you know, don't have as much interest in so 
it, it's a pick your poison thing here for for the Giants for me. And I think Waller's probably like Saquon and Waller are usually your best bets, and ADP would agree with that. But outside of that, man, I would love to hear anyone make a strong case for any of those guys. Yeah. Yep. I can't really argue with any of that. So what we've got here after Hyatt, it's Dante Foreman. Then we get the Dallas defense, KJ Osborne, Isaiah Hodgins, Justin Tucker is the first kicker off the board. Devin Singletary at fifteen eleven actually does feel like a pretty solid value to me. Uh, if you need uh, an exciting running back that you plug in on a bye week or something like that. Uh, basically, I want to think a little bit now about, we're talking about maybe we want another wide receiver, at least in this build. I think we're done at tight end. We could be done at running back, but we might end up smashing probably some one more, probably contingent one more. value somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Probably so one more. I mean, like Fournette's on the board. I mean, that I would take Fournette at this sure. if he's there without question. Um sure. I don't know why Tony Jones Jr. is so high up. That's oh, maybe that's like some Javante. I gotta fix that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a couple names here that I have some interest in at running back. Jerome Ford, Leonard Fournette are probably two guys that I would I would and Gus Edwards. Those are three guys I think I would take pretty comfortably at the 16-17, where it's like you know one thing needs to break, and I think those guys are are flexes. Um, right. You know, but I think that's. That's pretty much end list. I mean, Joshua Kelly's bad, but you can make the case. But that's really about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to see... Yeah, we might be to the end of the tight ends. There might be some love for Trey McBride, Dawson Knox, uh, some of these guys. Maybe a Michael Mayer if someone's painting themselves that upside case just Certainly. as the rookie. Uh, I think Mike Jasicki has had enough negative press that he's going to get pushed down in a draft like this. Um, yeah, I would agree Fournette and Ford. You can include Gus Edwards, a bit of a tier there. The one thing with Gus Edwards, you don't really see the pass catching there um, in a PPR format that you might see out of a Jerome Ford and will definitely see, in my opinion, out of a Leonard Fournette if and when he does go somewhere. Joshua Kelly, another name that I've been grabbing a lot of in these later rounds uh, in a lot of my drafts so far. So far, still seems like he's going to be the RB2 to Eckler, and that's a, a still a valuable spot as we're projecting a pretty big season for the Chargers offense as a whole. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think we're hoping to see Russell Wilson there. That would be a little bit of a stack there with the Dulcich pick from earlier. Uh, so that would feel good to kind of double down on that bet. What are you thinking about defense here? Is there a case where the options are just so uninspiring that you opt for a defense that you project to be um, one of the higher end defenses? I think there's a case to be made with the Ravens. They play Houston week one. You know, they're, they're at home against CJ Stroud in their first game. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think, and like, they're, they're, I think they're going to be a top six, top eight defense. Um, I think, believe the Eagles are, just went. All right. That, that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Broncos, like, <sighs> do I want to do that? I don't know. Probably not the Broncos. They have a good, I mean, if I would, I would be interested in the Ravens here. Because mm-hmm. I think they have one of the best matchups. They are home against a rookie quarterback. With like, there's really not much going on here. It's like it sets us up in a decent spot. I kind of like. I think the Ravens like going forward. I believe I have them in here as my number six defense. I could get around that one for sure. Um, 
But at the same time, like we have to take him too. That's the other thing. You have to take a defense. You have to take a kicker. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty. I mean, I'm. I, I would be okay with the Ravens, but at the same time, like, am I? There goes Fournette. Hate to see it. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, this is Russ if he's there for me. I'm for pretty. Sure. I'm pretty good with this. Just this is this is Russell Wilson. We're good to go. I, he's he's probably the last quarterback that I would see that I would comfortably take over Kyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. John Mechie goes, who's someone I might have pounded the table for just a little bit uh, if he had made it. So, yeah, it came back. Um, kind of all the guys that we talked about as potential targets really did come off except for Russ. So I think Russ is probably the pick here uh, for one of these picks. And then we can talk through, I do think there is a case, like you're saying, for the Baltimore defense. Uh, Is there really anybody else? We talked about Ford and Fournette. Both of those go really, I'm not excited by anything at wide receiver. I think any of the guys... Like at this point, it's just going to be a shot. It's going to be yep. like a Josh Downs kind of shot that we're going to take, um, and we can probably wait on something like that. Russ, Russ and the Ravens, man. I, Josh Downs is one of the names I also was I was looking at too. I got to move him up in my ranks a little bit to make him a little more apparent. Um, but yeah, it's this is this is Russ and the Ravens. Russ, we take add in the Ravens team defense, and we take that one there as well. So we'll see how this pans out. Obviously, now we've taken the defense. We do have to take a kicker with one of our remaining three picks. Um, But other than that, we're not tied to anything. I do think we're going to see basically all of the remaining uh, somewhat, anyway, projected RB2s on their respective teams will probably all come off here. I do think that's a pretty strong case. We'll see Chase Brown come off. We'll see, yeah. Even Clyde Edwards Hilaire, yeah, yeah, will come off. We'll see a lot of these guys come off, I think. We might even start to see some of the top-end kickers come off, the Evan McPherson, Daniel Carlson, Tyler Bass kind of tier. Uh, yeah, Chase Brown goes with the very next pick. Um, and then, yeah, there's Kyler Murray. I was wondering when that one would come through. Definitely someone that you can tell yourself has some upside. Um, so, yeah. I think this is shaping up probably the way we expected. It is going to be gross. No way around it. Can I interest you in some Isaiah Spiller hype as potentially yes. unseating yes. <laughs> Joshua Kelly as yes, the RB2? Yes, you can. You can absolutely. Because <laughs> I think there's a thing. Like I think in best ball, I would probably take Joshua Kelly. But like Spiller's one of those guys where like if he's like just not active, or like he's not even getting, he's not spilling Eckler at all in the no pun intended. Um, <laughs> there, um, I I think like he's, he could just we could just drop him right right away. But like, right. you know, I you can absolutely interest me and Isaiah Spiller had a little burst there in the preseason. Like you love to see it uh, back from the dead in a little way. So yeah. if we see as I, I, I if we see Spiller um come back around here, yeah, sure, I, I I will take that shot. I have no problem going Spiller here. I also would um. Maybe uh, I could be interested in, you in some either Josh Downs. I also have MVS. Like I, my projections were, you know, not insane towards MVS, but like I just kind of look at what's around him, and like there's a case to be made where I'm like, you know, he he's not complete dog water. So I think there could be some interest there. I think just for the upside, I'd probably go for Josh Downs if he's still there over MVS. But like mm-hmm. that, it's I'm like going down this list of these wide receivers right now, man. And, 
again it gets gross pretty it fast gets, at this yeah. point yeah i mean MV, mvs is pretty much the guy that i'm like okay like i I think Richie James could be a little bit interesting here too. For I mean, again, I just talked shit about chasing Chiefs upside, obviously. <laughs> um, but honestly, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, see, Mayor, I think like Taysom Hill. I think in like a best ball format's a great tight end because like you don't have to worry about starting him. But like you can't draft Taysom Hill and like ever yeah. really know when you're going to start the guy. And there's there's nothing else here that even remotely interests me because like Dawson Knox, I think is like probably going to play more than we think he is. But like am I ever going to start Dawson Knox on our team and be like, all right, let's go. Like yeah. probably no chance of winning if we go that route. Mm-hmm. So I think like t- tight ends dead for me. It does make me feel good about double tapping Dulcich Everett and then grabbing Hunter Henry again. Like I feel pretty good about that, that tight end room, all things considering um, pretty out on quarterback. I think like the way I'm looking at it is like tight ends. We don't have anything left. We want to pick with Kyler off the board. I I, I don't want to take any other, quarterbacks we don't need third quarterback especially with kyle off the board so it's like we're really hammering down with a kicker as one of these last couple of picks and then trying to find a running back of some some consequence and a, and a wide receiver of some consequence and now that i'm sitting here talking to you about it i think like i'm hoping for josh downs probably to come back around it's kind of like yeah again. um and then <sighs> it sounds disgusting but like i wouldn't mind drafting clyde edwards hilaire here um and if you want to also take a kicker, I could go down that route with you as well. Yeah, I think it would depend on the kicker for me. There's definitely some offenses that you can um, associate with that you might be a little bit excited about. Um, but I'm also yeah, equally confident in pushing kicker to the very last selection of the draft. Uh, we'll see, obviously, how excited we are about the the potential options at running back or wide receiver here. I do think, yeah, there's some guys, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think I'm fine with. Uh, somebody like Isaiah Spiller, even uh, Deion Jackson. Uh, I don't know that we'd ever start him, though, would be the problem, uh, especially if we're handcuffing our own Jonathan Taylor Yeah, I thought there. about that. I'm not sure. I think taking JT there at the 24th pick basically says we expect him to play all season. Exactly. So those are kind of the last group of players that you might expect to be um, kind of the backups there. I, I know we've had some love in the past for Kyron Williams. I was waiting for you to bring him up. Bring him <laughs> up. Like, painting the story of him being the pass catching running back, I, I think you can make. I don't hate it. I, it wouldn't feel great. But again, I think he's also one of those players where like, you know, week one, easy drop if he's just like inactive or exactly. Zach Evans is in there actually spelling uh, acres at times. So I think you can be like, all right, let's just drop him and re-roll and try to look who's, who's active on a roster. You know, mm-hmm. who, who's active on the 53. I think, I don't remember who was saying that. So there's some guy that like hashtag that, but like I've always, I didn't ever name that. I can't take those naming rights, but that's always been my, one of my moves is like looking at every running back that is on a 53 man roster and in Dynasty, at least, like, making sure they're on my roster, right? And then yeah. I think, like, in redraft, that's probably not the best way to go about it, but with such a deep bench, like 10 bench slots, not as much as your typical Dynasty roster, but I think when you have that many bench spots, you can afford to just have a lot of just those, hey, he's the third running back, maybe the second running back on the team or something like that, and kind of looking at it from that angle. Yep. Yep. I definitely 100% agreed there. We do see Clyde Edwards, Lair, and Richie James come off to the players we Josh had Downs. mentioned. Give us some Josh Downs because. Yeah, Josh Downs would be the hope. Valdez Scantling is there. 
Um, it's another player we can possibly entertain. There are some kickers that I have some passing interest in still on the board. We have Jason Myers. We talked about the Seattle offense and how we think that might be a pretty solid offense. And then Dicker from the Chargers. We've talked about that as well. Um, definitely a couple of spots where you might expect the offense to be pretty solid overall. Hunter Renfro goes. Not somebody I was going to be super interested in picking up. In my mind, the addition of Jacoby Myers pretty much means that Hunter Renfro is dead for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We will see. We've got two more picks here before us. Crossing our fingers for Josh Downs, and then we can talk through if we want to roll on a Kyron Williams or Isaiah Spiller, or if we want to maybe think about one of these kickers. Uh, in the top tier of kickers left over here. The Pierre Strong is also a name I've been taking a lot, but with the Zeke signing, I think I'm I'm off the Pierre Strong train. I There was some hope that, you know, they didn't sign anybody, and he was kind of the de facto number two. That was the interest there, but now as the number three, I, I'm i I'm not, I'm off, back off of Pierre Strong. I'm probably going to clear some redraft rosters of Pierre Strong, if I'm being completely honest. So, um, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm, we can rip downs here over MVS. I'm completely fine with that. For sure. I think Downs is the play there. And then, yeah, at this point, I do think we're pretty set at running backs. We don't need to, but we could potentially be looking at a situation, in my mind, at least with Spiller, where, you know, stranger things have happened, right? Eckler, he does win the RB2 job over Kelly. Just draft Spiller, bud. Let's just do it. (laughs) Let's just keep the dream alive. Just draft Spiller. I will give this one to you. All right. (laughs) We'll keep the dream alive. Uh, I was famously far too high on Isaiah Spiller in the pre-draft process. Um, Didn't end up with him on any of my dynasty rosters because he still held some value through my rookie drafts for some reason. Uh, But yeah, keep the dream alive. There could be something there with Isaiah Spiller one day. So how many kickers are off the board? We have six kickers off the board. So we got to assume every single kicker is going to go because everyone has to draft one. So that leaves us with five kickers. ADP would say Myers, Dicker, Sanders, McManus, and Elliot go, leaving us with Greg Joseph, Zerline. It's not great. It's not great. Uh, Jake Moody from San Francisco. I could be interested in. Rough preseason. It was a rough preseason. That's the only problem there. Riley Patterson from Detroit, if we expect that offense to be solid, kicking in a dome. Brett Maher. I mean, I think he missed some kicks, which was not great. He did. Missed a couple kicks, and then the other kicker came in and and nailed uh, his long kick. So it is not great. We'll see, obviously, how it goes Maybe somebody will reach here. Maybe somebody will reach and leave us a McManus or an Elliott. Yeah, that's, I think, the hope here. I know our friend Lindellians is high on Jake Elliott this year. Obviously, like it's a great situation. Philadelphia Eagles offense, everybody expects scoring a lot it of tutties. Great. They're scoring a lot of tutties. Yeah, if they get a little bit of regression in the TD um, arena, then maybe Jake Elliott gets a few more field goals, and you can tell yourself that story. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this pans out. We're st- still seeing some uh, pretty interesting picks come off the board. The Rico Dowdle, the Rashid Shahid, the Zach Ertz in the 19th round. Who's the Kyron, man? We were just talking about it. 
and the Kyron Williams. Yes, uh, somebody else out there has at least had the same thought as us that Kyron Williams may be a little bit of a thing at some point this year. Let's go, guys. There, no need to milk the clock here in the nineteenth. Let's let's get, <laughs> let's get it. We're, yeah. we're coming up to an hour forty-five. It's good to know we can burn through these things in under two hours, though. Yeah, for a twenty-round draft, uh, quite honestly, I don't think it's been awful. Uh, we might actually have taken the most time with the two picks back to back there, and um, having to talk through it a little bit between the two of us. But uh, I did notice actually that some of these, uh, some of these other teams' multiple names you see uh, in the chat in the draft room that there are. Um, names behind the team name so like individual manager names behind the team name and there are definitely other uh, co-managers and people definitely talking through their picks as they're making them so definitely i think there's a few people in the same boat as us uh, talking through things and you can expect that that might take a little longer than just one person having to make up their mind interesting i guess to some extent that you see jordan love sam howell Derek Carr come off and Kenny Pickett is left on the board. Brock Purdy's left on the board. I think we're probably a little bit higher on Brock Purdy's potential just to feed all those weapons uh, in San Francisco. I think you're on board with that a little bit as well, Tyler. You got Brock Purdy um, at least having some kind of upside yes. case. Yes, very much so. I'm here for the Purdy. I've been taking a lot of Purdy late. Um, you know, to be fair, he's below the Russ Wilson tier. But like I'm definitely mm-hmm. um, here for the Purdy discourse of being a, a great value this year. Not as my QB one, and not really targeting much in QB one leagues. But like in super flex leagues, two QB leagues, if I'm walking away with Purdy as my quarterback too, I feel good. I feel great about that. I think he's, you know, going to be like a, you know, I think he's going to be a QB two. First of all, like I, you know, top twenty four. It's not saying a lot, but I think top eighteen even feels good. I mean, you. Don't want to do small sample sizes as all of NFL football is, but you kind of just look at what he did when he was a starter and he was playing well. Like, you know, he, the upside case has been made. He's good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, I think he's good. And he's also just in a good offense with a great offensive coordinator for what kind of game Brock Purdy, um, you know, deploys out there on the field. You just got to get the ball to some of the, you know, arguably the best yak weapons in the entire nfl i don't really think there's an argument to be made frankly with debo Ayuk, kittle and cmc i don't think it really gets any better you just get the ball with those guys' hands and they kind of do the rest so i think it's just a good situation for him definitely yeah i i'm still not in on purdy the talent uh but i mean was anybody really enamored with what jimmy garoppolo put on tape uh through his years there i don't think so I do think that Purdy can at least kind of be that same distributor and point guard, as it were, on that offense. We should probably think about, at least for a second, what our contingency option will be here if the three kickers do go. We're going to get one of those kickers at this spot here. It's Mayer, so we're going to get one of the three. That's great. Uh, I mean, I I would go Elliott first, and then I would go Dicker and then Sanders. I think that's fair with me pretty much rank them by offense and let the rest fall as they may. Certainly. I think that's the move to make here. This guy's certainly not taking a second kicker, as I say. It. <laughs> yeah. We didn't think uh, we didn't think that would be the case with the quarterbacks, uh, but Sweat that Gino did happen. So. 
Yeah, we got Gino. We're all set on our side. We get the Atlanta team defense. These two will be kickers. We'll see which one we're left with. These guys are really going to think about it here. It does seem maybe they really didn't think about it at all and just going to go with whoever's up by ADP. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I, I am a little bit a little bit happy that we had someone go ahead and take mayor and make this easy on us yeah it's, so we didn't have to do that that projecting the the kicker 12 as it were uh yeah pretty happy that we're not gonna have to make that decision this this guy's really milking it at this point he's, he's sweating the dicker sanders elliott decision right now just sweating it <laughs> maybe he wants jake moody maybe he's really in on uh the Giants offense wants Graham Gano. I don't know. He he can't sort this one out. So he's 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 taking this thing down to the final second. He's probably just doesn't even know. He's gonna let it, the computer auto draft for him, which he does. I think he I think he actually just yep, logged he out. Auto -drafted, <laughs> he logged out. He logged out. If this guy logs out, we're gonna get Elliot, which is kind of cool. That is true. There we go. We Let's get finish Elliot it off regardless with Jake Elliot. All right. Well. The team, just to briefly recap, uh, at quarterback, we have Geno Smith and Russell Wilson. At running back, we have Jonathan Taylor, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, Miles Sanders, Jeff Wilson, Kendra Miller, Isaiah Spiller, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, Quentin Johnson, Traylon Burks, and Josh Downs at wide receiver. Took three tight ends in Greg Dulcich, Gerald Everett, Hunter Henry, and Jake Elliott, obviously at kicker, and the Baltimore defense. Just quick thoughts, Tyler. Anything stick out to you? Anything you would have done differently uh, already in retrospect, or did you feel pretty content with how it played out? I feel pretty content with how it played out. I think we we pushed tight end when we should have. We pushed quarterback when we should have. I think, if anything, I think there was like a, a, a you know a d decision to be made. Um, like I think this point, like with Brees coming here. And like there being some value here and getting Miles Sanders at RB27. You know, I think there's a world when I would have gone wide receiver here, but at the same time, like I don't really know if I would go Metcalf Debo, Calvin out or Keenan Allen over Jameer Gibbs. So right. you know, I, if anything could have changed, it would have been nice if T. Higgins fell and we could have slotted Higgins into this Gibbs role and then rolled with like a, a Taylor or a Hall, a Sanders, or you know, grabbed another running back in there. I think that might have been one thing I'd have been excited about. Uh Higby falling down here to this dulcet spot would have made me particularly excited, but I think the rest of it feels pretty good. Um, there's nothing that I think uh, I take a look at the team and I'm upset about. So once again, we're going to win $2 million with two teams now. <laughs> that's exactly how the math works out on this one. Well, I think that's going to be it from us. Thanks to everyone who stuck with, uh, with us throughout this marathon and make sure if you did enjoy this, if you are enjoying the redraft ramp up series that you do go ahead, click like, click subscribe, do all that stuff. It really does help us out and help us get our stuff out to a wider audience. Until the next time, everybody, good night and good luck.